Hi, this is Raphael Post-Sussman of the Center for Court Innovation. This podcast is part of a series we are doing with people seeking to curb violence and improve access to public health for at-risk minority youth as part of the Minority Youth Violence Prevention Initiative. The initiative is a partnership of the Office of Minority Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services at the U.S. Department of Justice that encourages collaboration among public health organizations, law enforcement agencies, and community-based groups. Our podcast series highlights innovative approaches at the nine demonstration sites that have received funding under the program. This week, we're looking at the Stand Up Participate program in Hennepin County, Minnesota. Stand Up Participate is an initiative led by the community-based organization Asian Media Access in partnership with local public health and law enforcement agencies, as well as other community-based groups like the LVY Foundation. Stand Up Participate seeks to prevent youth violence by helping young people acquire skills for self-sufficiency, improve self-esteem, and develop cultural pride. I'm speaking today with Angie Huang, Executive Director of Asian Media Access, and Tyree Lawrence, Executive Director of the LVY Foundation. Angie, Tyree, thank you for speaking with me today, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So for starters, can you describe Stand Up Participate? Sure. This is Angie from Asian Media Access. Um, Stand Up Participate has been focusing to use bicultural healthy living as a concept to encourage particularly Asian American community and African American community. So we will hope is by working through cultural pride and really giving youth their a control sometimes. Sometimes that would be something they'd be proud of. So they would be more willing to participate and to change their behaviors. So they would decrease the at-risk behaviors and really be able to participate back to the communities. So we are doing that through a couple different venues and Asian Media Access focusing on multimedia training so the youth will build on self-esteem. We're focusing on the cultural classes such as Asian dances so the youth can be able to regain the cultural pride. And Tyree will do a little bit different than us, and I will have him to talk a little bit more. Yes, um, our part of the Stand Up and Participate movement really focuses on entrepreneurship and economic development. A lot of the young men, the African-American young men in particular, are uh, often challenged with some of the caveats they face in society and certain stigmas, if you will. So we leverage the ability for them to kind of tap into their own personal potential and their talents and then take it to another level by allowing them to explore those talents in a way that ends up in a form of business or some type of trade or skill set so that they can really find alternatives to whatever lifestyle may be prohibiting them from just living life in general and just being quote unquote normal. Yeah, and I think Tyree's strategy is touching a very important part is to really giving youth a choice, giving them a power to choose some of the 
skills they like to acquire, such as entrepreneurship, such as multimedia. And after they do that, they're really building their own team to get away from other negative influence around them to really be able to focus and really starting to become a contributing citizen. And then we bring in our partners, particularly at the public health and the police departments, to providing such as mentorship, such as talking about how you we can improve relationship together with the police department, and also having them to even just take them to shop. We have a one activity back to school shopping with the cops. So the cops pick up 30 at-risk youths, and then we got Target Foundation to support each youth has a $100 um, spending money. So the cops guide them through Target to purchase all the school equipment. So by doing this type of activity and empower the youth to have a choices and power and control, they feel they can choose a better route for themselves. I feel this strategy is very effective. So how is funding from the Minority Youth Violence Prevention Initiative enabled Stand Up Participate to work with its target population and expand services? The funding for us has been so helpful, particularly be able to do a lot of uh, trainings and recruiting support groups with this youth, and we can do a lot of creative and innovative outreach. I would like to particularly emphasize that by cultural healthy living, we have been utilizing as a central theme for all the activities, particularly, for example, our Asian youth. We try to encourage them to exercise more through Asian dances and martial arts. So that's really tied them back to their cultural roots. So we, we really attract more youth to the programs with this type of activity instead of trying to utilizing mainstream activities. So we designed the project with that bicultural activity in mind. So that would help more and more of those at-risk youth of color would be willing to come into the program because it's coming from their culture and it's built on their strengths. So this funding sources is so important. Tyree, you want to add more? Definitely. Um, we would also parallel. It's, it's a huge mechanism that's been able to help us as far as promoting the abilities and the talents of these individuals who may not otherwise be on a platform. For instance, being able to get in front of a corporation like 3M and show the many attributes that parallel what they're currently teaching their employees has been phenomenal. We wouldn't have been able to develop this type of platform had it not been for the funding. Yeah, I think particularly I would really want to piggyback what Tyree has said. If not have the funding, we won't be able to develop. I think this is really the key because a lot of times we see a lot of funding maybe supporting a police academy and police academy to outreach to other youth and then in recruit. But we do actually opposite way. We starting with the community. We have the community build that support group and then outreach back to the police, back to the public health and seeking for support, seeking for training and seeking to improve that relationship. And so how have the youth responded to the programming so far? The youth have been actually responding quite positively 
to what we're trying to do as far as encouraging a more self-initiated, healthier lifestyle. We're kind of taking strides in, in the youth group that I deal with. And are they ready to sit down across from police officers and have these wholehearted discussions? I would say we haven't reached that point just yet, but what they are open to are more creative and innovative ways of having their side be understood, per se, by police officers, so that there can be a more creative dialogue and hopefully we, we progress to something like that in the near future. But our attempts have been, I wouldn't want to say difficult, but not as easy as I had anticipated when starting this project. But that is exactly we need you here, Tyree, because we are dealing with at-risk youth who has a distrust to the police. We're having this baggage in our community for a long time. And if not coming from the community, sometimes it's very hard for this group of at-risk youth to be able to accept this type of activities. Why bother to communicate with the police? We are doing just fine. So that's a lot of that type of thinking coming from our youth. And that's why we doing this are from community perspective that the community feel the police really want to reach out. They really would like to build that bridge between both. And how are you measuring outcomes? We have a very dedicated evaluator working with us from the University of Minnesota has been helping us to do two major data collecting efforts. One is doing the youth survey pre and post and we really focusing a lot on those relationships and we got a lot of high mark for example, the questions we ask is, do you feel there's a care adults in the programs? And we always have more than 95% pre and post have a very high comparison, and we do well on that area. And the other part is the teacher survey, because we want to prove our methods work, particularly at the academic outcomes level. So we have all the use to take survey back to their teacher, has their teacher directly mailed to us and talking about, did you feel this youth changing their behavior? Do they turn in the homework on time now? Do they participate at the class? Do, do they be able to work well with the classmates in the school? So all these are very positive feedback. We just conclude our first year's evaluations and we come back was 85 to 90 percent all the mark from the teacher regarding we have about 170 survey back. So re, uh, regarding those 170 youths we serve, they are hitting the high mark and teacher give them a lot of improvement, particularly they notice throughout the year. I'd also like to add to, you know, the, the very unique part of that survey. It was very interesting when we started out as a team, we were very intentional about our efforts to reach out to the youth that we, you know, quote unquote, we're using at risk so that they understand what do they feel are great outcomes of this. It wasn't just what society or even what we thought was a good outcome and, uh, and, and measuring that against, you know, also what the teachers are saying, but we wanted to know for them what would be success in your eyes. And that is a very special part of the survey that has been, in my opinion, very innovative in the ability for them to, to voice on the survey, we're, we're producing our own businesses. We are acquiring trade skills toward having the job opportunities. 
we are uh, meeting CEOs and, and executives where we normally wouldn't have been exposed to this type of thing. Those are massively impressive outputs to these youth and in so many different facets. And that's just a small component of the survey, but in their minds, it's like the main thing. Definitely. And this really tied back into that relationship evaluation. The evaluation is designed really talking about how we can utilize in relationship, building this relationship to motivate the youth to change. So it's not just to say um, you come to our program, you learn the skills, but the skills is part of their life, can change their life to better. So we would be able to have the skills so that youth can earn more money for their family, for example, or to even just a simple Asian dance. One of our my at-risk male dancers won the first place this year at the Mong New Year's, and they've been so proud of themselves and used to be connecting with the Hmong games. Now they are out there on the stage with 20,000 people cheering for them to get this first place at the Hmong dance competition. It means so much to them. And that really also pointing out a different direction. So in the evaluation, they will say they love dance, they love the opportunity we create for them, particularly it proved the points. If we can build a relationship with these youth, we would be able to really encourage them to choose to use different arts to release their anger, to express themselves on the stage, to be proud of themselves, to speak up. Then we can have some alternative. Then we hope those messages will be able to create a long-term impact to create a better system for us. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been Raphael Pope Sussman of the Center for Quarter Innovation, and I've been speaking with Angie Huang, Executive Director of Asian Media Access, and Terry Lawrence, Executive Director of the LVY Foundation. For more information on the Center for Quarter Innovation, visit www.courtinnovation.org.